Hello and welcome. I'm Simon, and this is Knee Deep in Tech, covering the latest from the IT industry with a specific focus on Microsoft and how to get actual value from technology. This is episode 212, recorded on October 28, 2022 in Oslo, where myself and Chetil Ermesjö had a great chat on Citrix, Microsoft and the cloud, just after our return from the fourth edition of SugTech 2022, or in other words, the Norwegian Citrix user group. You will be able to find this and our previous episodes on needypintech.com, iTunes, Spotify, and on most podcasting platforms. So we're here to talk about Citrix and Microsoft and how to combine them. And uh, I have a guest with me today on the podcast. Welcome. Who are you and what do you do? Hi, my name is uh, Hjertil Ermesjö. Uh, I am a 46-year-old Citrix consultant with a Norwegian company called Vedel IT. Uh, it's a quite small consulting company. We are eight guys. Yeah. Uh, but we have uh, a lot of quite big customers. We have a lot of exciting, good Citrix projects, mostly. Uh, but uh, as we are uh, uh, approaching this uh, this post-corona times now, we are we are um, situated uh, all over the Norwegian uh, countryside, more or less. Uh, I work from a town called Olesund. It's uh, like 500 miles almost away from Oslo. But my my workday is 97% remote. Yeah. Of course, via Citrix. Mm-hmm. And and you do only Citrix or do you use any other technologies as well? Well, as a Citrix consultant, you will have to know quite a lot of other yeah. uh, technologies also. Uh, and I have been also for a couple of years a uh, Azure uh, Intune consultant yep. worked with uh, mostly uh, end user devices. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I have have uh, some knowledge of, of Microsoft uh, Azure cloud technology, of course. Yeah, yeah, and th- that's the topic of today. Like, we will talk about how Microsoft and Citrix that partnership works, what you can do, what you shouldn't do, and so on. But I think that we should start, you and I and uh, a couple of other persons from the community have been uh, on a user group, a very unique kind of user group uh, for the last couple of days. Can you tell a little bit about what we have done for the last three days or so? Well, we have been on uh, on a cruise ferry from Oslo to uh, Kiel in uh, in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a two-night, two-days cruise that the Citrix user group Norway has been uh, using for like 15, 17 years or something. Yeah. Uh, because it's a uh, um, very um, good place to, to keep people together. Because if you just booked hotel rooms and conference uh, facilities in, in town, Oslo or wherever, you, you will get the uh, spread uh, out to different places, different pubs, different. So the focus is, uh, of course, uh, deep tech yeah. uh, sessions and discussions, but uh, it's also a social event. So it's been going on since 2001. Yeah. Uh, I actually was uh, um, a member of the board for the first 10 years. Wow. I was uh, part of the group that started it all. Mm. Uh, and so, so I have uh, also experience in in uh, uh, making these things happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, what we uh, when I come there, I, I meet uh, like 80 percent of the guys that I I've seen before. Mm-hmm. I, I know these guys, uh, yeah. and I I like to talk about them as my second family. Yeah. 
So, so it's a quite unique and very sharing community. Yeah. We are, we are not, uh, we're not keeping our knowledge, uh, to ourselves. Uh, and the Citrix community has always been like that. Yeah. And, and would you say, because I think you're one of the oldest user groups I've ever experienced and, and it's been a fantastic time and it really shows that a lot of the people have known each other for a very long time. Do you still find it valuable? After 20 years, do you still learn from people that you have known for so long? Or is everyone aligned now, so everyone thinks the same thing? <laughs> In no way. No. <laughs> uh, but w- what, what's been done the last few years uh, from Citrix User Group is that they've always inc- also included and other technologies, mm-hmm. like uh, inviting you to talk mm-hmm. and inviting like uh, uh, Marius Sambu. Yeah. And uh, we have included some more... Uh, Azure Cloud, Microsoft Technologies mm. into the uh, into the sessions. Yeah, that's a good thing because if we sit uh, uh, in our Citrix bubble, yeah, uh, we we will we won't be able to to progress and learn new things because most of those guys we we also talked about it during the uh, sessions that mm. the the age of the participants, yeah, they are uh, that. That age is going up, yeah, up and up. Mm. And uh, as you said, we've been there. Most of us have been there for twenty, twenty-two years, something yeah. like that. So, uh, if we are to to actually develop and learn new stuff, we we'll, we will have to include all the technologies. Yeah. And and uh, before we head into the actual technology and talk about the Microsoft Citrix partnership, the the question and that you also pointed out, like the. Um, average age of the participants is going up. So what's your thoughts about getting new people into this technology? Because that that is, of course, a risk if we do not get new people to work with a technology that, in my opinion, is still very relevant. It, it might be so that it, we have no one that can actually implement it. So do, do you have any thoughts on how to get people interested in Citrix in particular? Uh, well, um, first of all, the sharing has never been a problem. As I said, for the Citrix community, it's always been a very sharing community. Uh, if you find something new, some way to do it, some scripts, some something, yeah. uh, it will be shared in the community. So uh, it might be might be nothing to do about it. Actually, yeah. I think because uh, it's uh, it's hard to to get these new tech savvy young yeah. people that rather would like to work with uh with the uh, multimedia related yeah. stuff or wh- what do i know i'm mm-hmm. 46 so yeah. so um we might have to uh rethink uh how we come come through as uh, as a uh a more modern community yeah. uh in a sense because uh when when they put out uh, the invitation to to join these, you'll get seventy uh, percent uh, participants uh, signing up uh, out of old habits. Yeah, you know, and to get those other new mm. guys in, yeah, we would have to uh, make ourselves known as something else than than that group. Yeah, uh, but I. I I must say I ha- I haven't got a clue how. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that, that um, it, when the event started this Wednesday, uh, the first question was how many for, for how many is this the first uh, Citrix user group in Norway? Yeah, it's like seven uh, or eight or something. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And, and it was like 
it was me and perhaps 10 out of 150 people that yeah. were there for the first time. So a lot of others have been there for ages. Uh, and a lot of the people I met have been there, like you said, for 20 years straight uh, on, on the same events. So I think that's, of course, is a very, like you say, it's a very good thing. Everyone enjoys it. Everyone shares. Uh, but it also, to get new people into communities is, is relatively hard, independent on which technology it is. But at the same time, and, and I think your shirt is perfect. Uh, now we do a podcast. So uh, the, the shirt that you're wearing is this is my work from anywhere shirt. And I think that's something that should appeal to a lot of people today, that Citrix enables that work from anywhere approach. So would you uh, say that Citrix, is, is Citrix still relevant? Uh, yeah, of course, uh, mostly because their market uh, is still there. Mm -hmm. uh, in Norway, we have always been the country in yeah. the world with the highest uh, uh, number of Citrix user per mm -hmm. PC user. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, Citrix likes to pull up their slides where they say that, like, I think it's 99 or 98% of all uh, of the Fortune 500 companies yeah. are in some way using Citrix. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, of course, it's, it's relevant now mm -hmm. and it should be relevant for uh, quite a few years yeah. still. But there, there has always been others wanting to get in on that market, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, Microsoft had tried. Yeah. Uh, VMware tried. Other other uh, companies have tried. Uh, they haven't quite made it yet. But mm -hmm. uh, I say uh, in three years mm -hmm. we might see a shift mm -hmm. or not. Yeah. It, it, and the reason I say that is that uh, Citrix was recently uh, uh, taken over mm -hmm. by a what is it called cloud computing group or something. Yeah. I really can't remember the name, but it was a $13 billion yeah. uh, purchase. Uh, and they have now been taken off the stock market. Yeah. It's a private company. And that's a development that we, uh, as Citrix guys, uh, look at with um, a kind of a make or break situation yeah. now. Yeah. It could be a good thing, but it also could spell catastrophe. Yeah. And and one of the things that I didn't realize until this event were that it's Citrix is now one of many companies within this private equity, uh, where you have a, a separate company for Netscaler, as an example, and, and yeah. other technologies. Uh, and and we had some good discussions around that at the user group, and I think most see it as a good thing that it's possible to focus on the core technologies independent of each other, so it doesn't have to cannibalize on on each other. So it will. I do agree. I think it's a, a fantastic opportunity. But if they don't succeed now, uh, we'll see where Citrix is in in a couple of years. Yeah, I've seen good and bad things uh, recently after that uh, that uh, purchase. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a risk for Citrix. Well, well, the history of Citrix shows us that uh, they have uh, they have acquired technologies. Mm -hmm. They have bought up companies with good ideas yeah but not always been able to uh, develop them in the right direction mm -hmm. yeah so uh, we have seen products come into Citrix yeah. and die there yeah uh, and that's uh, that's always uh, still a risk mm -hmm. uh, in that company but what they now tell us is that they're gonna put a lot more resources into uh, developing and uh, nursing the, the, the existing technologies. They are uh, 
rooting themselves a little bit more back to uh, concentrating also on the on-site mm-hmm. technology, yeah. not just the cloud technology. They are looking more at at keeping their existing com- uh, customers happy. Yeah, uh, and that's a good thing. But they they can't stop there, right? They have to they have to be a part of that cloud uh, journey. Yeah. So. But the most positive thing, actually, I've seen is a, is a small detail. I think most uh, most people have, uh, have have gone by for because uh, they have now put. Uh, well, a year ago, they bought a company called Rike. Yeah, uh, which was a company where we we as Citrix consultants we we uh, we understand nothing about it because it's a company that uh, technology that has nothing to do with Citrix actually. Yeah. Uh, and what I read now, a week ago or something, that they are now trying to sell that off yeah. again. Mm-hmm. That is a good thing yeah. because uh, they cannot spread themselves too thin. No. They have to concentrate on their, uh, I u- like to use the words, uh, uh, core capabilities. Yeah. They have to uh, know what they're good at yeah. and develop that and put their resources into developing new uh, versions and new ways to utilize what they are good at, yep. and that's end user computing. It's uh, the net scale part, and that is also very good to have yeah. uh, put that in their its own uh, its own um, com- yeah uh, yeah its own company its own yeah. company yeah. But then again, we see now for for a few months ago, Citrix announced their end of sales for their Zen Mobile product yeah <laughs> to to uh, to uh, all of us. And I was in the middle of a project uh, where we were supposed to uh, do a brand new uh, version of Zen Mobile. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I talked to our distributor in mm-hmm. Norway and tried to get them to give me some uh, test licenses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And a few days later, they called me back and they said, well, Citrix has now announced end of sales yeah. in this project. <laughs> uh and uh, that was okay because it's it's a good technology, but mm. uh, not a very good product. Yeah. Uh, so we so, so we went to to of course to Intune via um, Apple Business Manager yeah. to to do uh, iPads and shared iPads mm. and that stuff. Uh, it's up and running. It's working good, fine. Uh, but now they tell us they are bringing Send Mobile back. Yeah. And I answered. If you do that, you have to change it around. Yeah. Change, change the management, change the the way uh, us as IT personnel can can uh, can utilize Send Mobile because you have the technology. Yeah. You don't have the management. No. And I think that most of the customers I have that use Send Mobile today, they do it because it can run on prem. But to only have that as a selling point, I think, will be very, very challenging. It, it still has to be a working solution that admins can handle uh, with ease uh, and, and which users, of course, like as well. So it will be very interesting to see where it goes, because I do think there is a market, especially for on-prem customers with it. But it, like you say, it has to be as good as, as the other cloud-based MDMs for it to succeed. Yeah, and now you have the, so many customers you actually already using Azure and Intune in yep. some way, at least for the uh, software distribution via SSEM. Yeah, right. 
and then you might always already have the licenses for using yep. it for for iPads also I think yep so the as 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 more and more companies move to cloud they will also look into utilizing and and uh, creating more uh, hom- homogeneous uh, environments yep. uh, f- with more and more Azure Micro stuff mm-hmm. and they might even look at Citrix as just something they put on top. Yeah, that's a pretty common way to look at it. I think from like IT management at least. And I think that's a very good segue into to the uh, the big topic of this discussion, which is the Microsoft Citrix partnership, which has had it's had its ups and downs, uh, to say the say the least. Best of friends, best of enemies. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. So where where would you say uh, that how how is that partnership today? From a from a Citrix point of view, is this a good partnership, uh, or or can there be improvements? I know they are uh, constantly talking on high level, at mm-hmm. least. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think they are uh, constantly in contact, mm-hmm. and I think it's been uh, we have seen that uh, um, there's technologies in Microsoft that Microsoft. Uh, acknowledges that they cannot compete with Citrix on. Yeah. So it's a kind of also for Microsoft that they they can't uh, slap the hand of yeah. Citrix. So part of it is a necessity for Microsoft because I uh, too often I uh, experience Microsoft as a little bit arrogant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of my pet topics lately has been these uh, these uh, Office three sixty five apps. Yeah. And the 2022 server, yeah, uh, and I've been oh, up and down and creating uh, like uh, these um, uh, where you sign petitions yeah. uh, and stuff like that. Uh, and when they finally announced that they are giving up their yeah. their adventure of, of of forcing us into to AVD and stuff like that. Can can you backtrack that just for the for the yeah. listeners that haven't heard that story? What what was going to happen and what is happening now? Okay, so uh, if we can track all back to when they announced uh, Server twenty nineteen, one of the things they told us is that uh, is that uh, twenty nineteen server will not support uh, Office three sixty five apps yep. installed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it took four or five months. Yeah. At that time, and it was a uproar yep. in the communities, both Citrix and Microsoft, mm-hmm. uh, to to get them to backtrack their decision. Yep, and they did. They yep. had to. And uh, at the same time, I think think they told us that uh, this might not be forever. Mm-hmm. And voila, when they uh, announced Server twenty twenty two, it actually took them a few weeks after that to uh, acknowledge that they will not support Office 365 apps yeah. on the 2022 operating system. Yeah. Uh, and that's almost a year ago, I think. Yeah. And uh, we've been working through different channels, talking to people. Uh, I've been in contact with uh, Citrix guys, both in Norway and uh, internationally. Mm-hmm. And they have I have been told time after time that they they don't know what's going to happen because Microsoft is uh, is uh, standing strong yeah. on this. Uh, at the same time, I talked to a couple of guys a little bit higher up in the Citrix hierarchy, 
and they told me the art talks are going. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I caught the wind of that change uh, a little bit before it happened. So, uh, but it was in August, September or something yeah. like this year, they finally announced, uh, strangely enough, via a, a bit unofficial channels, a yeah. couple of blogs that just exactly. told us that uh, this will come. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now, a couple of weeks ago, they finally announced officially that they will support uh, Office 365 apps until 2026. Yeah. And by that time, we'll have a new version of it and we'll have the same dance over again. Yeah. We'll do the tango. Yeah, because what Microsoft, or my view is that what Microsoft want to achieve is that they want to push in practice uh, their customers over to Windows 11 and 10 sessions. So yeah. rather than using server operating systems for multi-session, they want them or customers to use Windows 10 and 11 multi-session, which is currently only available in Azure. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that everyone is in agreement on that. Like it, it's not fair because there are so many organizations that need to do it on-prem or want to do it in other clouds. Um, and either Microsoft has to change so that you can use multi-session Windows 10 and 11 on-prem or somewhere else or uh, ensure that we can keep running Office because there's few other options in, in terms of licensing Office today as well or Microsoft 365 apps. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you have the price point. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um but that, again, leads us into to Microsoft and, and Citrix on Azure. So how does that work? What can you do with Citrix on Azure? Why would you do that? Uh, well, the, 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 the first talking point is, of course, uh, scalability. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, the traditional way to do it is, of course, on hypervisors, but it's on your uh, VMware local on-prem installation yeah. or... Mm -hmm. Hyper-V or, or, or whatever you, you're using there. Uh, and the scalability there is uh, at least more rigid. Yeah. Because the opportunity you actually get by using uh, Azure uh, computers are uh, uh, not only scalability of adding or removing servers and stuff like that, but you have the opportunity to, to uh, make uh, plans for uh, if you have like, uh, let's say, 100 Citrix servers during daytime, yeah. work, work hours, then you can uh, accommodate your users maybe between 8 in the evening and 6 in the morning yeah. with a third of those maybe. Yeah. And as long as uh, the, 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 the payment to Microsoft, the price is uh, based on what is it? Seconds, minutes, something yeah, like seconds. that. Yeah, seconds. Yeah. So you will actually have uh, economic. Uh, um, um, you can you can save money by yeah. actually implementing uh, quite a few uh, rules for for uh, for how to run your hardware in Azure. Yeah. And save money. Uh, that's the first uh, point. Uh, the other point is, of course, that you can. Uh, live in a hybrid workplace, and that's the most common one, yeah. right? Because uh, some 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 uh, customers uh, and some companies will always have their uh, open zone, secure yeah. zone, and uh, 
And as we have customers like the Norwegian Armed Forces mm. and stuff like that, they will never move there, uh, or at least in quite a few years, will yep. move anything to the cloud. So uh, that's also back to the, the, yeah. <laughs> the 365 apps bit, but um, we'll have the opportunity now to move uh, more and more uh, of the uh, regular uh, office desktop users yep. uh, to... Azure and save money there, and you can still work hybrid with uh, with uh, hypervisors on on site. Uh, the um, we are leveraging, uh, we are using uh, Microsoft MFA, we are using uh, Azure AD, and uh, that opens new uh, opportunities for seamless integration of uh, of uh, third party apps. Yeah. Uh, more seamless for users, more, uh, more, e- much easier for them to, to, to use, uh, web services. So it's a, it's a quite a range of, of, uh, uh opportunities for making IT and, uh, and, uh, their environment easier. Yeah. And more seamless for users. And, and, uh, a lot of our listeners have heard that I, I'm very passionate about Azure Virtual Desktop. But you, of course, have some kind of integrations there where you can leverage some parts of the Azure Virtual Desktop service for your Citrix environment. But what would you say is the the benefits of having Citrix uh, as the control layer and and the added value on top of uh, what AVD provides today? Um what micro now what the citrix is good at now these days are uh what they have done in their citrix cloud yeah the uh, the server technology is now called uh daas das yeah, yeah. Uh, or whatever you want to call it a desktop as a service they call it but uh, we have found that uh, that's not uh, the best uh, best name but the well is yeah. what they have decided to to use but um their management uh, um, interface mm-hmm. is uh, better than most other interfaces, interfaces yep. I've seen. You have uh, you have a very um, cohesive uh, and very a singular point yep. to go. So uh, what Citrix is good at is having control over uh, a number of apps, yep. a number of different types of users, different uh, uh, um, locations. Uh, if you're going to do bring your own device, yeah. uh, it's almost like you have, have to do Citrix. Uh, not necessarily, but because it's... Uh, if you combine it with Netscaler yeah. or Secure Access uh, products, uh, you'll have uh, um, the ability to... Um, Put uh, policies and and uh, and other um, measurements to give users their um, the access they need. Yeah, but not more. Yeah, right. So it's it's the it's the diversity of users and locations that are our Citrix strength. Yeah, and and I think that's because I think a lot of people see Citrix as virtual apps and desktops and that's what it is but today the the portfolio is much much bigger than that like you said there are some fantastic features and products in terms of securing access to any application regardless if they are in 
in your cloud or in the public cloud or somewhere else. Um, and, and that ties very well into a bigger zero trust story as well. Um, so what, what would you say is the, um, what's the next step for, for the Citrix and Microsoft partnership? What would you like to see happening? I think the, the announcement at Microsoft Ignite on HDX Plus, so where you basically can use Citrix to connect to your Windows 365 machines is a, a very uh, interesting proposal. But what would you say, what do you hope will happen in the future? Uh, I would hope a tighter integration with uh, with the way Citrix uh, thinks about uh, um, um, their PVS, mm-hmm. their master image technology, yeah. uh, to have an easier uh, integration between uh, the Azure and um, machines yeah. that they they are they have started using it. They have they have announced several versions of ways to do that. But I think uh, think that could be much more seamless in the future. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing that comes to mind. And and for again for the the listeners that don't know what is what is PVS and how does that differ from the way you usually deploy virtual machines in in Azure or actually deploy virtual machines on any hypervisor? What is the benefit of PVS? Yeah, PVS is a technology that uh, that allows you to. Uh, create a master image that should be the base for all the other Citrix uh, uh, servers. Yeah. Uh, so what you do is you have a total control over uh, when to uh, create this. Is it click, click, click yeah. uh, for to, to, um, to make a new Citrix server? And you have the ability to scale up and down. Yeah. And that's also the scalability we talked about in in the Azure. Yeah. So if you can combine uh, or or make a more seamless integration between PVS and and the the Citrix uh, no, and the Azure yeah. uh, machine creation services, uh, we have an opportunity there. Uh, PVS uh, handles uh, um, also uh, versioning yeah. of uh, of uh, of the of the images, so you can make changes and revert. And what what you actually can do is uh, uh, the normal thing to do is to to uh, create that image, make changes, uh, test it without uh, uh, doing anything on the production environment. Yeah, yeah. Then you mark the, the the image as production again, and the next time you boot uh, your uh, um, Citrix servers yeah. that we usually use every night, you will get the new image. Yeah. Seamless for the users. So it's a very smooth way to do to do uh, uh, upgrades, yeah. And you can do any type of upgrades, of course, because when you do the you do the change on the image, you do the change on the actual image. Yeah, you see it with your GUI. Yeah. So so it's basically like when you install a virtual machine in Azure today, it's actually an installation. It gets its full own disk, uh, and you have to actually install a new machine. But yeah. with PVS, you have one base image, and then you just have basically differencing disks that are spun up from that. So it's much quicker, and, and you can do changes rapidly on hundreds or even thousands of machines. Yeah, and they have a very good caching technology yeah. also that use cache to to run. Mm-hmm. So so it's uh, so it's a a, a very um, it's a fast technology yeah. also, and it as you say is literally you don't even. It doesn't even take minutes no. to create a new server. Yeah. So you tell you want a new server yeah. on your hypervisor or in the Azure 
So it's a it's a technology that that we use in like ninety percent of our all our yep. customers. So that that's I like that technology very well. Very good, yeah. And apart from PBS on Azure, is there anything else you would like to see? Um, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> but uh, but uh, from the top of my head now, I can't yep. can't can't really. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I I would just what I first and foremost would like to see would be that Microsoft actually shows that this is a partnership that benefits both. Like you said, that yeah. they they acknowledge that Citrix is the, the in practice the premium service that you can put on top of the technology. Some organizations will be more than happy and fine with AVD, but when you have more advanced or bigger solutions, when you have hybrid setups, when you have high-end graphics or challenging network conditions, uh, it, it's easy for me to recommend Citrix on top of that. And I would like to see that Microsoft acknowledges that. I do think that they have to do that, especially to compete with VMware and, and AWS. So to that they actually keep investing in the partnership and show the Citrix community, especially that this is something we, we care about. Uh, I also look forward to see where, where Netscaler with, will go uh, because I do have, we, we work quite a lot with Netscaler in addition to other vendors that do similar things, but I do think Netscaler have a very completeness of vision to, to quote Gartner. Uh, so more focus on the partnership and more focus on Netscaler. That, that's what I would like to yeah, see. I do agree. Yeah, absolutely. And it, uh, you mentioned uh, the graphics. Yeah. Yeah. Because as we know, uh, in AVD, that's not available yet with uh, GUI for for the machines, if I remember correctly. Or what what is the GUI? To uh, yeah, yeah, you you can you can do uh, most things in the consoles today, not yeah. as extensive as with Citrix. And when it comes to graphics, it's just that they, especially the protocol, isn't as good uh, as the ICA protocol. Yeah. So you, you can do it. Uh, you have machines with supports, graphic cards, which have been there for, for a long time. But it's not as core, I would say, as Citrix. Uh, I do think that one of the things that were announced or that we talked about during the user group were 10-bit uh, colors and, and things like that. So where you'd really have the highest requirements on graphics. That I, I, That's some place where Microsoft isn't even close to Citrix yet. So it's time to wrap things up, uh, but I would also like to know what, what's what's next for you in terms of your job and and the community activities you do. Well, I've been uh, I've been in uh, my current job in Vedlite yeah. for a little over a year now, mm-hmm. uh, and I am uh, fully booked for a yeah. few months yet. Yeah. So so for me, it's uh, it's uh, I want to continue to focus on my my uh, my pet projects yeah. uh, and that. That is to get to know even more the Citrix Cloud yep. uh, capabilities, and uh, and uh, I I have to say I I would like to know even more about uh, how we can utilize Azure uh, in combination with Citrix Cloud, because even though uh, Citrix is now a little bit more f- uh, moving the focus to 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 keep the on-site customers happy yeah they also will uh, push forward on on the cloud part yeah so so for me it's uh it's gonna be uh, more and more cloud yeah. focus f- for citrix um so uh yeah that that's that, that's gonna be my my next few months i have a couple of 
certifications yep. to take and stuff <laughs> like that. And, uh, and I'm going to attend more, I think, more Microsoft yep. uh, Azure uh, community events, I think, to, to get to know, let's go to your part yeah. of this, all the story, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much for taking the time to be part of the podcast and uh, look forward to seeing you on upcoming events and, and talking to you again. It's Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Simon. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Need Even Tech. Nidibin Tech is a bi-weekly technology podcast hosted by Alexander Arvidsson, Simon Binder, and Heini Hilmaninen. If you have any feedback, questions, or would like to be part of an episode, please reach out to us on social media or via email at podcast at